Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Front Corner to Corner podcast. Uh, we are live from the Backroom Studios, and uh, we're with a special guest tonight. We are with the young professor. How you doing this evening? Fellas, I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing this evening? We're doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And, uh, you know, we're really pumped about getting these uh, YouTube interviews going, and uh, we're excited to have you on as our first YouTube guest. I'm not sure if you made the right decision with my mug being the first one you try to float <laughs> oh, out. Oh, no, down. I definitely but, listen. But the ratings can't go down, so, I mean, I guess right. there's that. So. And you're a Roosevelt guy, so. Uh, yes. If nothing else, this will save us. I'll be yeah, all behind This it. will save us. I mean, all this free advertising <laughs> that the Roosevelts are getting right now. I mean, you are going to tag you them and say, hey, you guys need to pay us up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, right. I actually had those guys out. I met, like, Stephen. I met the, the guys from HQ. Cool. This summer, and I, I mean, I guess we can get into that later. We can talk about it now, but I hosted an unofficial meetup that turned into like pseudo official meetup at the Daytona Tortuga Stadium here in Daytona Beach, Florida. And they all came down. And the one thing I will tell you, those guys can party. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you talked to that. Uh, that'll, that'll lead to our first question. You talked about the Daytona Tortugas. Tell, tell us what you do there. So uh, I guess, I mean, well, th obviously this is a pro wrestling podcast right. um, to, I, I don't know when this is airing, but as of the date of this recording, tomorrow is my four year wrestleversary, if you will. Nice. Uh, the first time I ever stepped in front of a live audience at a professional wrestling show and performed. And here we are four years later. And it, it started in a very small way and it has blossomed into a whole lot more since then. Uh, I am a, I consider myself a professional host. Uh, ring announcer is usually the role that I, uh, that I assume in professional wrestling. I also do commentary usually as a play-by-play -play commentator. I've also been a manager too. So I've got the chance to do a few things in the last four years. Uh, but I also, from there, sprung off and started hosting uh, games in arena football. I was for two seasons, I was with the Jacksonville Sharks arena football team. And then now I work with the uh, minor league baseball team, the Daytona Tortugas, a minor league affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. Nice. I worked in pro boxing, uh, pro paintball, pro and amateur MMA. They bring me out to announce artists for art battles. I, I live a pretty cool life. I do a lot of really interesting things. And it all comes from wrestling. Wrestling's where it started. You are living like one of my dreams, right? <laughs> I wanted so badly when I was a kid to be the next Dick Vitale, the, the, the guy on the TV that you saw. I mean, I would absolutely love doing what you're doing. I mean, Cincinnati's only about two hours from us, the, the Reds. So I'm trying to get up there, man. I've, I've always wanted to go to the great American ballpark. It looks like a really beautiful spot, a beautiful facility. Uh, and it's, uh, there's a lot of major league parks I haven't been to. I've been to quite a few, uh, but that's always been one on my list and I've got a better excuse than ever nowadays. Hopefully I can make a big enough splash. Maybe, maybe I'll get invited. I did. There was something we did uh, this past season that actually got us on their broadcast, nice. which was pretty cool. Uh, but you know, Next step, we got places to go. Hopefully, right, yeah. right. That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right, so let so so let's start with the wrestling talk. What made you a fan of pro wrestling? You know, for as as much as I just dropped all the sports and stuff I'm in, I, I didn't grow up a big sports fan. It wasn't something that was uh, really big in my house, so I I really wasn't beholden to any of it. And um, 
I'm 35. You know, I'm not as young as I was when I started all this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I'm right at the age of when I was like 11, 12 years old. When I was 11, it was 97. So let's do a little wrestling math here. Right. That's the Attitude Era. That's the Monday Night Wars. That's when it kind of reached its apex as, you know, kids like me and my age were also coming of age. And it was, you know, between wrestling and South Park in 97, like that was that was pop culture. Right. Yeah. And uh, that was when I got cable TV, too. So it was something to watch. And uh, I had a friend that I used to hang out with grew up with and he got into wrestling first and then I got cable and I wanted to know what he was talking about. He talked a lot about the undertaker and Paul bearer. And he used to tell me all the stories about basically the storylines of what was going on on TV. But you know, when you're and you have no context for wrestling and people just, it sounded like a wild, insane story. Uh, and I was very drawn to it. And then I got to see it and watch it and loved it. So that's when I picked it up and sunk my teeth into it. And I've been riding with it pretty much ever since I, I didn't give it up. I, I stopped watching a little bit as I was in like late high school. I was do I was working. I was in activities. I, you know, I didn't really have a girlfriend, you know, all that stuff when you're that age. So I, I kind of fell off. And that was when the WCW invasion happened. That's when it kind of started uh, right. going that direction anyway. But when I got to college and my nights were free again, I kind of came back to it. And that was 04, 05. And I've been watching and following pretty closely ever since you were coming right back into the uh ruthless aggression era around that time you know john cena was getting ready to hit the scene and uh you know you had triple he was literally hitting as i as i came back to it like i so i i skipped like the whole beginning of that i missed i missed like brock's entire run almost yeah which is interesting because i there i used to still like i used to still follow the dirt sheets and follow the results uh, because i never so i never like stopped paying attention to it um but i remember i worked at a grocery store and a guy used to tell me i i looked like a really skinny young brock lesnar now i just look like his fat out of shape younger brother i guess but <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great that's but, great. Well, uh, I mean, but yeah a little bit of ruthless aggression heading into the pg era was when i right. kind of came back yeah well and brock wasn't around very long anyways at that at that no. time so he had different grander ideas at that time. And of course now he's back and he's right. As big now as he ever was. Right, so. right. I've always loved him, man. He, he is one of my favorite, like I get it. I know people don't like how they use him. I'm like, that's the guy. Like right. he's a draw period. Like that's what he's so legitimate. Like in a pinch, you need a champ. That's your guy. And who's right. going to argue with him? Like he and, can destroy and- anybody. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, people, people will hate on him. And I'm like, listen, you don't understand. He's money. Brock Lesnar, and, yeah. and especially if you get Brock with an opponent that he wants to work with, there's not many people better. Yeah. No, he's had, he's had so many great matches with guys. I mean, he's so good. And people don't realize how iconic he is. I, I made a comment to somebody the other day. I, I stopped in on Saturday night. Uh, NWA was running in Jacksonville with uh, Elijah Burke. Pope is a friend of mine, and I he asked me to host that show months ago, and I was booked for something else, so I couldn't. But when I got done, I, I raced 100 miles up and caught the end of it and helped uh, tear down and everything. But we had um, an entranceway, and we had kind of almost like the, those steel like girders looking. And as soon as – I'm watching all these wrestlers. Every, as soon as everybody picks them up, what do they start doing with them? Big curling. Just and like and everybody's talking about Brock and and you and I sat and I thought about that for a minute. I was like, that was a non-vocal promo, right? It was just like a clip. 
but it's so iconic that as soon as you see it, like you think of Brock and you just think of him crawling because they look so big and heavy and it was so impressive. The guy was money when he was like 22 years old. He's still money today at 42 years old. Right. Well, we talk about Brock a lot on the show. And the one thing that we always say, like you said, if he wants to work with someone, it's going to be a great match. If he doesn't, it's not going to be a great match. And I mean, it's, no, it's there pretty have been obvious. Some stinkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I think of uh, his match uh, with with Moxley a few years ago. Right. Yeah. Was uh, horrible. It was nothing. Like it, it, was, yeah. it was just terrible. It was a squash. It was you know, yeah. There have been a few of those, but but you're right. When he wants to have a good match, yeah. His match with Daniel Bryan a few years I, ago. I was his thinking match the exact same thing. Yep. The guys he looks like he'd eat for breakfast, but he had incredible matches with. So. Yeah. The guy's a hell of a performer. He yep. is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so what got you into wrestling? I mean, I know you you didn't follow the the route of being a wrestler, or did you? So you mean getting into the business? Essentially? Getting into yeah. the business. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, it's I, I have my voice is kind of my talent, I suppose. Uh, and it's something that for really since I was in high school, people kind of were always like, "Hey, man, you sound." really good. You should do this. You should do that. And I've heard it for years and years and years. And, um, about a year or so before I started in wrestling, I started, um, I started as a trivia host. So I started in entertainment. I was doing nightly bar trip. I'm sure you guys have things like that out there by you. There stuff like that is everywhere. Um, but the company that I worked for, I, I started working with them and I, for about a year, I guess a year, year and a half, uh, I was working that, getting in front of a crowd, and all the time people would say, "Gosh, you sound really good on a microphone. Do you do you work for this sports team? Do you work for the Tortugas or they were the Daytona Cubs at the time? Do you do that?" And I was always like, "No, no, no." And finally, I just went. Enough people tell you something, you know. Right. Maybe you should kind of start looking into it. So I, I took an interest in it. I never had any formal training. I never had any. Uh, his formal education in it. You know, I went to school and my bachelor's degree is in psychology. My master's degree was in kinesiology. And so in exercise science. Um, and I had been teaching for years. I was an actual young professor at the time. Uh, I'm coming up on 10 years since I started doing that. So I was 25 years old teaching college and um, a pro wrestling company that was based out of Daytona Beach posted that they were looking for an announcer and I reached out, I sent them a video they asked for and they said, come on down. And that was uh, four years ago, four years ago tomorrow. And and actually it's funny because yesterday I a, a post came up on my Facebook from four years ago and I wrote, I said, I guess I'll add pro wrestling announcer to my resume. Nice. And a couple of people laughed, like there's a few laugh emojis and a few people were like, that's so cool. And I, I wrote, and I even posted it off my young professor's social media today because I thought it was really a powerful thing. Somebody was like, well, what is it? What fed? And I was like, it's a local fed and they're looking for somebody. And I reached out and I just decided I, I need to give this a try now. I've been really trying to make some efforts to make more out of my life, to go after things I've always wanted to do. And if I don't try this now, while I'm still young enough to call myself a young professor, um, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. That's literally what I wrote. And I I saw it yesterday and I just kind of had one of those moments where you sit back and you think of everything you've been able to do. And it really was incredible. Like it was a life changing 
thing for me. And I never would have predicted it. I never would have thought that it would have led to anything. They might have told me, you suck, get out, don't come back. And that would have been the end of it. And instead, I've worked, you know, uh, between all the sports, hundreds and hundreds of shows since then. I mean, I've hosted between that and trivia, I've hosted over a thousand events in the last six years. Uh, I've worked with huge names. I've worked with remarkable up and comers. Uh, I've been blessed to do it all. And it, it all started with just keeping an ear to the ground and looking for opportunity and, and jumping at it and then staying with it ever since. Well, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast. Right. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people thought when we got started with this, that's not going to last. Right. We're 52 episodes in. We're six months into this. We're obviously evolving into the YouTube world. We've got a couple of other great ideas that we're thinking about doing. But it's like it's a dream that we have, and we're going to give it everything that it has. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We get that. And not every podcaster turns into Joe Rogan and (laughs) makes $30 million a month. Right. You know, and that's not what. That's not what our goal is. Our goal is just to put a good quality product out and, you know, to hear your story. It's super, it, it gives me the goosies, right? <laughs> right. We, we always talk about the goosies, you know, and I think it's, I think it's awesome that you've been able to do what you want to do. A dream that you didn't even know you had, but it was a talent. And, and that's the thing with talent. You, you never know it's there until it just kind of shows up sometimes. And I, I think that's what's so fantastic about it. So that's that's great you just got to find what you're good at uh, and i think that i mean that, that's more of a life lesson than a, than a wrestling podcast content or anything right yeah i think once you kind of find out where your strength is you know like I, i'm not like something breaks around here i'm i'm as useful as a third shoe like i i'm not your guy like that's not what i'm good at um you know the car breaks down uh, i you know i'm not the best person to have with you you know i i could make a phone call I'm good at right. that. Uh, right. I, <laughs> you know, I, I maybe I could talk the price down somewhere or something along those lines and speak authoritatively, but I've kind of learned where to apply uh, my creative energies and and where my talent is. And it's it's sometimes you just got to pay attention too because I think everyone has something, right? Something yeah. that they're good at, something that they're just naturally um suited for and like if if people or the universe however you want to word it look at it it, are telling you something you need to listen to that and you need to open your ears and open your mind and then start you know start finding the ways to apply it i mean that's that's the the root of my whole story is people have been telling me that since i was a teenager and it took me till i was about 30 to finally go yeah, let's go ahead and do something with it. And, right. uh, you know, the, the calling probably was there sooner, but I, I probably just wasn't ready for that lesson. But thankfully, it wasn't too late. Well, Neil is full, and I mean full, of wrestling knowledge. I mean, like, he knows things that I've never heard of before. He names wrestlers that I've never heard of before. It's just like it's been ingrained in him since he was a kid. And that makes our shows really interesting. A lot of people like listening to our shows because the banter that we have back and forth between each other, because I mean, we're best friends. I mean, we really are. We, we talk to each other every day. We spend a lot of time with each other and I've, I get to do kind of what I wanted to do. Right. I, I say I drive the bus, you know, I'm the, 
the 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 host, and then he's like like the color, and but that works really well. And you know, we were in uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina, at the uh, Wrestlecade when you all connected on Facebook. Yes. And we went to Wrestlecade in 2019. It was the first time that we got to go, and then, of course they didn't have it COVID year, and then it was back this year. And I mean, we couldn't wait to go back. And we have discovered a love for independent wrestling that we didn't know that we had. And I mean, we've got guys that are going to be coming on that we've seen wrestle down there in WrestleCade a couple of times in the next, well, next few days, actually. Um, I mean, and, and we've got some, some, some Ring of Honor guys, some OVW guys that are going to be coming on the show. And like going to WrestleCade, making that contact with you gave us the confidence to go, well, the only thing they can do is say no. And right. nobody has said no. Now, we've had people ignore us. Right. Yeah, you get that too. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, we've had almost everybody has said, I would love to do that because we want to know their story, right? I mean, we, right. we don't want to talk all about our story. You, you don't care about that as much. You know, we, we want our fans to hear about you guys because of our love for wrestling. But in, you know the the cool part about that is is being able to to learn about a side of the business that we don't know about. Right. You know we know what's on TV. We know how to watch the guys wrestle in the ring, but we don't know all of that stuff. So that's that's what makes this so cool is to being able to get to talk to these guys and like I don't know if you know who the Infinite Man is, Timmy Lou Retton. Yeah. yeah. So. Love her interview him on Thursday. Performer. Yeah. yeah, and you're going to have a great interview with him because yeah. Tim's a great guy. Um, yeah. I I worked with him for the first time a couple of years ago when he was still in a tag team. Um, they split up and went their separate ways, and he's kind of like completely reinvented himself in the last year. Yeah. Guy We've lost that. a ton of weight. Uh, yeah, in unbelievable shape. He connects with the audience in ways that I think very few do on the independents. I mean, and every time he's in the ring, he has an absolute banger of a match. I mean, I've, I've gotten to work with him a bunch of times in Florida and Georgia, and the guy doesn't have a bad match ever at right. all. And, um, and he, he did had a before he, had a match he did the change. In, yeah, he had a match at River City Wrestling Con, which I've been blessed to host the the only two times we've had it and it's it's kind of like wrestlecade it's not quite that scale but it's still brand new too um but we have like those huge names and we have those really big guests like i i got to interview kane for about 40 minutes inside of a ring in front of a few thousand people that are there uh, i got to introduce mark henry i got to introduce kurt angle and mick foley and i got to sit down with the steiner brothers and Tim and Mr. Grimm had a match. I don't know if you guys know Mr. Grimm. He's based out of like the Baltimore area. And they, I mean, they tore the place down. They had an unbelievable, because they're two big guys that can move in ways that defy gravity and physics and just an unbelievable match. And, and I know Mark Henry and Ron Simmons were both watching. And, and I've seen a few things happen for them since then because People were stopping what they were doing to watch this match. Tim is that good, well, and you guys are going to have a blast talking to him. He's supposed to be on AEW Dark tonight. Yeah, I saw that he's got a match coming up. 
Yeah. So I was, that was pretty exciting. I, I mean, you know, we kind of fell in love. I think it was, the, I think they were the gymnasty boys. Uh, the gymnasty boys. Yeah. And I love them as a tag team. Yeah. Um, I, I get the feeling. I don't know. I get the feeling that it's a sore subject. I don't know how much he talks about it. Um, but I think I think he did a lot of great work with that tag team. And, and what he's doing now as a singles competitor, while entirely yeah. different, the guy is a stud, an yeah. absolute stud. I mean, yeah. I can give you a couple matches that I would recommend you go watch before you talk to him, and you'll see. Just unbelievable. Right, yeah. So that uh, leads me to my next segue. Tell us where you're currently working. What promotions do you work with the most? And then to follow up with that, where would the young professor like to go? Well, right now, um, my list has gotten a little smaller with wrestling specifically because I've kind of branched into other sports. Uh, I work with Ignite Wrestling based out of Vero Beach, Florida. They actually have a, a they have a an event on Saturday that I'm not even going to be at because I have a, another uh, event. But I do commentary for them, so I should be doing all of the uh, the commentary for those matches probably in post production. We've done that a few times before. Uh, so I work with them. I work with the United States Wrestling Alliance, but they've had some venue issues, so we haven't done much. But they're affiliated with River City Wrestling Con, which is by far the biggest thing that I do. It's a convention, but I, I've been blessed to be the host. So I've gotten to, that's where Where's I've gotten to work at? with Dream Names. That's in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, okay. Florida. Gotcha. Uh, and it's in June. So that's a couple months away, June 12th and 13th. So if you guys are thinking of going to anything like that, I mean, let me know. I, I can uh, I, I can give you some information on it. But in Georgia, I work as well. I work for Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, which unfortunately just stopped operating. Um, but, I, man, I loved working there. And I work for Viral Pro Wrestling, which I have an event coming up with them on February the 12th. And Viral is an incredible promotion, top-notch production, great fans. And even though I live in Florida, uh, I like working in Georgia, I think, more. I just kind of like the audience a little better. I think people are spoiled in Florida. I we mean, have Georgia so much. is Southern wrestling. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's, I mean that, that's, that's where it all started. I mean, really. And so. it's, it's fun because when you go to a match – you go to an event there. It's probably like this for you guys in Kentucky and some of the other in the Carolinas, but you you don't see a lot of people just right boo, you know, yeah. just on their phone and yeah. not paying attention. When when you go to a match in, in Georgia, people are yeah, <laughs> the whole crowd. It's and, like and, that at WrestleCade. I mean, there, I mean, yeah. there are times that we, like you can't take your mind off it. We we saw. Um, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews. Uh, Buddy Matthews main event Russell Kate. And when we left, we were like, that's the greatest match we've ever seen. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And and you were like the whole time, just like you were like, you, you could not take off your take your eyes off of it. It was absolutely amazing. Well, I'm sure a lot of that is just those two performers, right? Oh, no doubt. They're both no incredible. Doubt. But I, I would dare say that based on where you were and the kinds of people you were with, a good audience, a, a good energy in a, in a room does a whole lot. Well, you I know, tell you, the next, day, shape thing. the next day we watched George South versus Kobe uh, Carino in a no-holds-barred hardcore match. And, I mean, 
I looked, I was like, that's the dangest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was all, it, it, was, it was like a car wreck. You couldn't take your eyes off of it. Yeah. Right. So it was just like, like you said, at, at those, at those indie events, the, the, uh, the atmosphere is just so different. Uh, you know, I like it when you see, you know, the grandmothers that have been, that have been uh, fans for a hundred years. Decades, yeah. I mean, and they're punching at the, they're punching at the heels and they're booing them. And I mean, it's fantastic. I, I've seen my fair share of nasty old grandmothers just getting in people's faces and yelling. I've, I've had a, uh, I've had heels hide behind me and I thought I was going to get hit by an old lady. Um, it's uh, yeah, it gets, it gets pretty dicey out there with some of those folks. And, and, and that's so different than the audiences at a WWE or an AEW event. And, and I, if you're a real fan I, I recommend to anybody go invest your time and energy and, and money into going and watching the, the independent shows, even, even the crummy ones. Cause there's, you know, I've done some bad shows. We've all, you know, you got to right. learn your, but like some of those are the most fun because the fans are outrageous and the wrestlers are outrageous. And right. it's just such a good time. If you've got a love for this, you're going to have even more adoration because it, it really is a whole different energy than, than what you get on TV. And, you know, I'm sure you, you know this as well, being in that smaller promotion, the, the wrestlers recognize and start learning the, the fans that are there every time, right? And, and they'll feed off of them. Because we see that a lot with the AML promotion down there and, and North Carolina is – the fans and you know the wrestlers will come out and they'll get right up in the fans' faces because they know who they are. You know, right. they see them every time that there's a show. And I think it's I think that's fantastic because you don't get that in WWE and AEW. It's it's more of a production type thing. That clinical. reminds me of the yeah. old days when Jerry Lawler and Jeff Jarrett and then would come out and they would just get right up in the crowd's face because that was what got them going. And, and, and that's what I love about the independent wrestling. Cause you still see that today. It's still there. And uh, AML does a great job too. I, I follow those guys. I, lo I love Josh Gary. I, I've never met him, um, but he's a coach there. And he, he's just one of those few guys on, on Facebook and, and uh, on social media that shares a lot of wisdom and coaching and tips and strategies that he's talking to wrestlers. I'm not a wrestler, but I take so much of what a guy like Josh Gary says. And, and as an educator, I can recognize a quality teacher when I see one. And he's genuine and, and smart and, uh, and does a lot. So anybody that's over there learning from him. And I would ima imagine the same is true of the people around him. It's got to be yeah. quality for sure. Yeah. So you awesome. mentioned earlier that you've worked with a lot of big names throughout your, throughout your travels. Who are some of those big names and who might, who might be the, your most favorite person that you, that you've worked with? Um, big names. Oh, my favorite and, and the big names are not necessarily one and the same. Um, right. Some of my favorite guys are guys you probably never heard of because they are, they're people who I've really connected with both in front of and behind um, the curtain. Right. Um, but I, I mentioned a few, and most of that has come through river city wrestling con. I mean, again, a guy who's only now like tomorrow, four years in to get right. to 
have the opportunity to be given, be handed the ball essentially of like, hey, we've got thousands of people coming to see and hear this interview. Go ahead, pal. We you got this right. Um, to sit down with Kane, that was probably the the biggest one for me. Uh, again, be coming up as as an Undertaker fan and and watching in '97, that's the year Kane debuted. Like yeah. that whole tale of like the Undertaker's brother and then burning Paul Bearer and this, like that's what that kid was telling me on the playground. Right. And like I was like, I got to start checking this out. And and now here I am, sitting with him. Right. talking to him and and uh, and um and and mcfoley was there and i saw the two of them win the tag team championships together in east rutherford new jersey in 98 or whatever like yeah. two weeks after the king of the ring when mcfoley went flying off the top of the cage and now i'm in a building working with these guys uh, like we're yeah. all back here together yeah you're um, a kid again right <laughs> and, you know you don't wear it on the outside but on the inside absolutely if you yeah. love this stuff and, and you find yourself there you gotta take a moment to just go this is it like this right. is cool well, this is a, this is incredible we, we um, got to i got to meet mick um at uh wrestlecade we didn't get we didn't get to kane his line was through ridiculous yeah. Uh, yeah so you had to make choices uh and then we met uh jerry king lawler so childhood uh, idol here. And then, of course, we met Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett is the whole reason we're doing this podcast. Uh, so, you know, and it's, it, it, it's amazing because most of these guys, you see these characters, you know, Kane is the devil's favorite demon. And Mick, Mick, Mick Foley, mankind, I've never seen a crazier character. But out of character, they're genuinely good dudes. Genuinely good, really, and those two in particular, incredibly smart, uh, really just savvy in, in a lot of different areas. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a, it's a testament to their ability to perform because they, they can live and embody these characters that people hold and, and are so endeared to and still say really grounded, really just good guys, just, just kind of everyday, very down-to-earth grounded people when you talk to them in person. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And I was I was going to add to, I still think that the Kane Undertaker storyline is the greatest WWF storyline, WWE storyline that they ever wrote. I, like, I don't know that there's one better. It's a good one. So I agree. And actually, that was one of the questions that I asked him in, in my interview, because uh, they they did that special a couple of years ago. You probably recall the Brothers of Destruction. Yes. Um, but but what that was, was it was it was just really like a face to face interview like this. And they, they kind of recap their career. And it's just a conversation with them, which is incredible to watch. Fascinating. I love the piece. But I asked Kane, I said, why has the WWE never, ever? And I'm and correct me if I'm wrong. And, and Neil, if you're as good at this as you say you are, if you've got all this knowledge, you feel free to correct me here. But I don't think that they have ever taken all the promos and all the matches and all the segments that played out for that whole thing and ever packaged them and put them all together to kind of tell that entire story. If they had, I've never seen it. And I don't, I feel like there is money oh, on the you. table right there because I agree. I think that's the greatest story that's ever been told. Uh, and it's also like the most outrageous, but yet it's the one people really like the most. And, um, They've never put it all together in one spot. 
Yeah. And and, and I, I, I can't for the life of me figure out why someone has not thought to do that. And, and they both give each other equal credit for what happened in their careers because of it. You know, we know Paul Bear had a lot to do with it. Even uh, Mick Foley had a ton to do with that whole storyline because he came in right after that. But the the whole, you know, Kane has, has, has said it many times that if it wasn't for The Undertaker, he wouldn't even have had a career. Right. And The Undertaker gives Kane that much credit, too. Now, Kane won't take that credit, but, but no, The he Undertaker won't. definitely he- gives it. Undertaker needed somebody at that point. I mean, you look at Undertaker's history. I mean, if you watch, I, I, one of my first uh, video cassettes I had when I got into it was that, that old Undertaker, he buries them alive. You might remember the the blue uh, and it's the old, the purple glove and him like rolling his eyes back on the front. The one that's on your shirt, that one. Um, Yes. And he, uh, but if you go to watch that, like you watch the first couple of matches when he debuts and, and then every single match, it's the same match. Yeah, yeah. It's the same match. It's different guys, same match. Boom, flying clothesline, boom, you know, this, that. Goes yeah. back over the top rope, lands on his feet, walks around, yeah. rolls his eyes back, old school, <laughs> uh, choke slam, tombstone, one, two, three. Yeah. Same match, same match. Then they were just feeding him big guys because they like uh, it kind of made sense, I guess. You know, he's getting King Kong Bundy. He's getting Giant Gonzalez. They're just finding big goons to put with The Undertaker to find yeah. ways to make something impressive happen. Yeah, um, but they just never it, had that story until Kane came along. It started getting stagnant. I mean, Mick Foley was the first one that um, that really kind of, I think, challenged him in a long time right. where it felt like it was a really good story. And the great matches, really different, especially for Undertaker, because he's been having the same match for the last, you know, five years at that point. And then you get Kane, and, and it's a whole other layer. I mean, I, the, I think those three guys together and, and the way that they kind of wove all of that, are, they're so integral to each other's story that it just made everything better around it, especially with anything dealing with those characters. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, I, I mean... <clears throat> so you're the kind of guy that we like to talk to. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's the uh, that's why we wanted to do these interviews. You know, I know we've we've kind of gotten off, and I knew we would because we like to talk about wrestling too much, and and, and you do too, right? But that's sure, okay. Of course, that, that's okay. We, that's we yeah. Yeah, because it's good to have a format if we need it, you know, if yeah. there's things we got to go back to. But yeah. you get a good conversation going and it's on topic like this. Let it roll, man. You know, we got we got time. 100%. <laughs> so one of the things I, I, there's a couple of these here that that, that just probably didn't really uh, apply. But but I'm I'm curious. One of the things that we do is one of our shows is the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. OK, we drop that on Wednesdays normally, and it started out with just all these different types of topics. We've done belts, we've done heels, we've faces, women, men, tag teams, tag teams, all pay per views, gimmick all matches, stuff. yeah. And then we came up with the idea that we did a top fifty, and so the last ten weeks of the year, we started at fifty and counted down. We did five each week, and we ended with the ultimate Mount Rushmore of wrestling. So we're curious, what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? 
you know, um, of wrestlers, I guess I'd, I'd say. The, my list of those four guys is not necessarily a reflection of my favorites. Okay. Um, okay. Because I, I, I try to look and at so neither so qualifies somebody. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think it's who are the most important and influential. Like to me, it's like guys who packed arenas, made money, who kept the product going, who, who really moved the needle when it needed to get moved um that's kind of how how i look at it exactly and so for, for me and, and it's not a li- i mean a couple of my guys on my list are on, on like everybody's list um but i've got to go i'm thinking like top money draws uh i gotta go hogan austin uh where i struggle is is another one in the attitude era so i'll leave that off for a second and then i'm gonna go cena and I know that's like a weird pick for a lot of people because no, I don't know that anybody's going to pick Cena. But you think about how long Cena was on top and what he did and what he did for the company as they kind of transitioned into this more corporate machine and what an amazing, incredible ambassador he is and what a hero he is for kids and the stuff he's done through Make-A-Wish. I think that guy belongs there because he was so important to wrestling, especially of the last 20 years. I'd say he's the most important wrestler of the last 20 years. Right. Um, but the other one for me is, so who's four, right? And um, I think I have to pick The Rock. Again, because Rock permeated and went into pop culture and, and that in turn steers everybody back to wrestling. But, but my heart wants to put The Undertaker there too because he's got a spot for me, obviously, <laughs> and people know him. But I think if I'm being genuinely honest and holding to the same criteria, it's got to be Hogan, Austin, Rock, and Cena for me. Nice. Adam's really going to like this guy. He is, yep. So our top four wound up being Cena at four, Austin at three, we had Flair at two, and we had Hogan at number one. So we, we almost to put down like The Rock, The Undertaker, all those guys were interchangeable. When we did the top 50, we ultimately looked at the fact that Rock's longevity kind of cost him, right? But if you look at it based on what the way you were talking about it, the money draw and all that, absolutely makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. So, and we had... Well, and we I had think, too, you mentioned the Rock now, and it, it, it directs people back to wrestling. Right. No yeah. one doesn't know that that's what he did. Right. right. Even kids well, now, because, like... I teach kids and you do too. So like that, that's kind of Littman's like, if you mention a name and they have no idea now get granted, that's not the bad because some of these kids know nothing about nothing, um, which is very frustrating, but those are names. I think the ones that, that, that I picked and flair flair is one of those guys that if you're a wrestling fan, it's all, everybody's all flair. If right. You're not in wrestling at all. I know flair has a little crossover. I don't think it's as much as wrestling fans believe that it is right yeah so that's why me he gets left out but i get why anybody would put him in and he deserves it i I think as well well you know and talking about the rock therefore when he first left i don't know maybe if it was a sour taste in his mouth or what but he wanted to get away from wrestling he wanted to show that he was he was dwayne johnson and then i'm sure somebody got in his ear and he was like you know but that's who made me who i am so why am I running away from that? And I mean, now he's the biggest box office draw in Hollywood. 
you know, but you're a teacher too. So you probably get this. I mean, and I, and I get it too, you know, wearing your fandom out in public is not always necessarily smiled upon, yeah. but there is a stigma that goes with wrestling and what, what wrestling is and, and how their fans are and how people view it and how they treat it. And, and I think it's unfair. Um, then I, I also go to some indie shows and I go, well, I get why people question this, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time, like I, I love leading off and telling people like, yeah, I, I work in wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling fan. And people will inevitably like lean in and be like, you know, it's fake. Right. And I'm like, right. no, I have a master's degree. And I, you know, in a, what, yeah, what are what? you saying it's, to it's me? Fake? And I, uh, and, and I'm quick to just kind of re-educate people. Like, you know, it's entertainment. It's it's athletic entertainment. And as someone who's been in there, who's who's taken bumps in that ring, okay, maybe things don't hurt as much as they make it look on TV, but they also hurt a lot more than you realize they do. Well, I mean, because uh, that it's, right, it's metal and it's wood, and yeah. that's kind of it. And there's like this much padding, and and you know, and you're two hundred something pound guy, and you're smashing that mat. Um, you know, there's, there's still physics and like, it's a, it's a toll on your body and the injury. I mean, I, I used to teach exercise science when I was a college professor, I taught in the field of exercise science. So I used to use wrestling all the time, especially when it came to injury management, um, with, um, strength and, and conditioning. Like you think about what these guys have to do on the road, like to maintain that type of physique and that body and to, eat you have to eat well you have to work out and then i get on the road i do some of the miles like some of these guys do and even that's not as close how the hell do they have time to, to look and seem healthy i mean these guys are athletes but wrestling when people hear it they they have that that visceral reaction where a lot of people ugh, and they kind of look at it look down upon it and i think i'm sure with the rock crossing into Hollywood, uh, that was what everybody was uh, afraid of. You know, Hogan never really moved up in terms of his celebrity, like right. out of wrestling. Like, he crossed over, but he was always Hulk Hogan in everything he did. Right. I was going to say, he was still Hulk Hogan and the five right. moves of doom, even in, even in movies. Correct. Right. Like, even when he wasn't, like, he still, when he's in Suburban Commando, like, and he's an alien, that's still Hulkamania, brother. Like, you know, yeah. and you're, you're not fooling anybody. Um, but The Rock has gotten to kind of show some range and be different. Uh, and so I think he had to come back to it in his own time. I understand why he kind of walked away from it because it's socially, there's a whole weird thing about wrestling. Like, it doesn't have, it has mainstream appeal, but it also, has a stigma that, that a lot of, you know, regular folks and all my, all the just whole blow, full blown UFC fans and, and, and American football fans that they refuse to acknowledge it. They're not going to show it any love or respect right out of the gate. Yeah. Now we, we understand that because we have people look at us and go, you do a wrestling podcast. Right. Do right. People listen. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be doing it just to be talking to each other. It's a lot of work just to be talking to each other. So we can talk to each other without recording it. <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting, too, because a lot of the reason why I've gotten picked up to do a lot of the other things that I do in, in baseball and in football and basketball and even in, in art, and people always are all very much like, we want you to bring some of that wrestling stuff that you do because that's really cool, right? 
But I think part of that is because I'm the professor, right? Like, because that, like that term is like, well, that's a smart guy. And that's, so the fact that he does it, that's cool. If I was working at McDonald's or I was just a, a bartender and I, and I told people I did wrestling, even though if my life was identical in every other way, but my position was different. I genuinely feel like the kinds of conversations we have about it that I have with people would be entirely different. I think that the fact that I am an educated guy, right, is supposedly, or at least I play one on TV, uh, really kind of opens the door for people to feel like, hey, that's a cool thing. That's not, maybe that's not beneath me. That's entertaining and that's fun. But if you're not like outside of whatever circle, I guess I wind up in by default, I don't think those same conversations happen. And it's a strange thing that I've noticed that I don't, I don't know how many other people can relate to, but um, something I feel like I've, I really have noticed over the years. Right. For sure. For sure. So I'm going to end with this question out of all the things you do, and you've talked about a, a hundred of them. You're, you, you, you got to, you do a little bit of everything. What does a young professor consider his most favorite side gig to do? I love a good wrestling show, man, more than anything. Um, you know, there's the most drama I, in all the sports I work in is in wrestling. The least amount of money of all the sports I work in is in <laughs> wrestling. Um, but it, it's the first thing I ever really loved uh, that was athletic, really, of any kind. And when I get to be in front of a, an audience and, and be in the ring and be part of that show, uh, it really is, is special. It, it's magical, especially, you know, I've had so many like pinch me moments and some of them were with guys that you've never heard of and you may never hear of again, but just, you know, sometimes it's you know, just to be there so they can make fun of me and, and like, you just watch the crowd kind of react and move. Like you really are pulling the strings of people emotionally and you're, and you look at, especially with like kids and families, like I, I'm a dad, I've got four kids and, and before I was doing it. I was bringing my kid because NXT used to do an independent, like their independent loop here. We used to go almost every weekend. And I saw the joy that it brought to my family, my children. Um, so getting to do that and showcase it and, and make a good show uh, of all the things I do. And it's, it is hard to pick. Um, I just love wrestling, man. I, and I want to get back to doing a little bit more of it. It's a weird year for me. It was really great to go and catch up with a couple of guys over at the NWA Duval show. And uh, I'm just so excited to jump back into a ring in, in a couple of weeks. I've got something I'm putting together actually for a basketball game that's wrestling. Nice. And then uh, in Georgia with viral pro wrestling, because it's man, there, there's just nothing like it. And it's really hard to describe to people. It, it, it 100% is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just something that, if you if you're a true wrestling fan and you love wrestling, like it actually becomes a part of you. And uh, most of our conversations, no matter what the topic starts with, at some point during the conversation, it always goes to wrestling. And it's just I, I mean, we just love it. And to be able to talk to somebody who loves wrestling as much as we do, it's been such a treat to do this. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that we could have had a better first. Guess. Oh, I don't either. I mean, I really don't. I mean. The comfort level that you've had with us, that obviously the you're just like one of us. I mean, you're a fan, and and that's the cool part about it. And you know, 
I really anticipate most of these guys that we're going to talk to, they're all fans at heart. I mean, they had to have been a fan in order to be, you know, nobody grows up, you know, not a wrestling fan and goes, I just think I'll be a wrestler. You know, I mean, all these guys are going to be super fans and we get that part of it, but man, we really appreciate you coming on. I know it's your wife's birthday and we're way longer than what we <laughs> wanted to be, but you did say it would be your fault. So we'll just blame it on you. So. It is. It's, it always is. <laughs> but uh, we, we really thank you for coming on and being a part of our first YouTube show. And uh, I mean, we, we look forward to, you know, following you along in your journey on social media and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if you've got wrestling fans down there that, you know, you know, lead them, lead them our way. We, we do fantasy booking, so it, it, it can't be wrong. It, it, we, we make it all up. So uh, that's that's what's the fun part about it. So, but once again, well, sure we'll, thing. We'll, and, and I, you know, if you guys are looking for more guests, I, I know a lot of really great, talented guys and girls that I would be happy to connect you with. Awesome. Uh, that deserve their stories to be told because none of us get to those next levels without kind of building a following and 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 getting our story out to as many different audiences and corners of the world as we can and uh the fact that you guys kind of provide that platform for for us independent guys uh, on all sides of the ring and the curtain uh yeah. is is really really fantastic and, and and i thank you for the platform and for the opportunity to to chat with you and uh, and try out your new youtube format yeah man well like i said Young professor, come on and and is the very first from corner to corner YouTube uh, interview. Man, we have loved this time together tonight, and we definitely look forward and talk to you again in the future. Absolutely, I look forward to it as well, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. <laughs>